From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 290. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. Yo, what's up? Not much. Me. Me. I'm up. I'm active. I'm busy. I'm crazy. It's 2018. The it's year been, of Brad. It's every day is like crazy in all the good ways. Right. We're going to talk about yesterday in, in, in my life, the, the, the craziness and, and what it caused with my, with my stationary work. But, uh, yeah, but all the good kinds of crazy, like the first kind of crazy is planning this Kickstarter for this year. Yeah. That's got me going. Yep. That's got me going crazy right now. So, so yeah, we have it going. We're on the way. We're underway in the planning. We're well along the planning phases. I have not started the campaign and Kickstarter like you start like a you know you can save your project as you go and start building out the things I haven't I don't have everything locked and loaded yet but I'm shooting for the end of the month to launch this um for the Atlanta Pen Show our stretch goal we're gonna have an official stretch goal this year the, first the way last year mm-hmm. yeah for the first time we'll have an official stretch goal and um just for, for for you mike don't tell anyone else but yep. i have emailed other people and uh they have responded okay uh in a exclamatory fashion excellent excellent so uh yep we, we so have we have big plans big plans again uh if we can pull it off yep if we can pull it off we also have a new pin case that we're going to launch as part of this project. I like doing that for the backers of the project. It gets something cool from Knock and help support us doing this. And um, so I'm working on the budget for that. I'm not ready to share it yet. The the sample case, I, pictures I sent to Mike have one little issue. So I'm getting them remade to have the uh, prototype. But I'm going to have the, uh, got to get the official colorway too. The yep. Kickstarter only colorway. We picked the colors though, so, right? Yeah, the colors are done. Yep. They are in the process of being sampled out right now. Mm-hmm. So we ordered a custom tag for them yesterday. Yeah. So like all the things are moving. All the parts parts are rolling. Except for one thing, Mike. What is I don't have a name for this case yet. Mm. So for the mic. <laughs> well, if there was a, a region in Georgia called the mic, I could mic get behind that i've got a lot of work in front of me then if i want to get that case name (laughs) maybe start a revolution and uh you'll you know wherever you where land on whatever beachhead you land on uh we'll call it the mic and uh, we'll go from there but yeah i i have a bunch of names i want to use and i shouted out to twitter what uh to to give me you know kind of their their highlights besides you know the the number one all time will never be named product name mm-hmm. um will never happen but you know there's lots of good names i i don't have it yet but i got a lot of feedback on the twitter machine and a lot of the names i'd already picked kind of rose to the top of this so we'll see we'll we'll have the name before this product launches before this kickstarter launches but uh it's a cool case i'm pretty happy with it it's uh it's it's very neat it's a it's a compact case yeah uh that i think everyone so, will enjoy so for the old pocket I, yeah i think people are yep. gonna like this one yep i think so too so when i was uh shouting out case names you know people were you know understood the the georgia theme but i did get you know some calls to branch out to to other areas even got a call from canada mike so hmm. i i had to take this up on the podcast this was from kakita 987 
She said, if you ever need to branch out, I recommend Saskatchewan, which means fast-flowing river. Wonderful name. The South Saskatchewan River runs through Saskatoon. I dare you to say that on the podcast. Challenge accepted. Kakita, how did I do? I think so, you did a great job. I want to give it a yeah, go, too. Yeah. The South yeah, Saskatchewan River, oh, man, runs through <laughs> Saskatoon. Why did, I, why did I struggle with runs of all the words yeah, in that I, sentence? Well, you said you didn't feel good today. That is true. But I think you've just mm. proven that you are, in fact, the, the greater podcaster of the two of us because you can read. No, like product names are really hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with like city names and, um, you know, surnames and things like that. I'm okay with product names. I'm, I'm not always the best with. But, uh, you know, being a, the sports fan that I am, even the smaller Canadian football league. I'm certainly familiar with growing up and they have one of the most wonderful team names in the world. They're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which is just an amazing uh, name for a sports team. (laughs) So uh, Saskatchewan has always uh, been in my heart, but it's not going to get, it's not going to jump the queue for the naming. So sorry there, Kakita. Yeah, but we're working on that. Should launch... I'm shooting for the end of the month. I don't see any way it will not be launched by the end of the month, which will give us all of February. The timing should be perfect if we do that. So for launch, did I say launch? Speaking of launch. Yeah, speaking of getting ready for launch. Retro 51 Mission to Mars, go. Gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is completely gone. Yep. Okay, so this well, is well, the second let's get to that like, part in a second. Space shuttle like ship themed uh pen that they've done, right? Cuz what did they do? Is it Challenger or Discovery it, before? Uh don't know which one. Okay. It's sitting in my closet. I don't know. Yep. But yeah, very similar in style. The first one was a knockout and then the mission to Mars, I don't know if it's better or not. It's certainly oranger, which I approve of. But it's right there, right? I mean, it's like 1 and 1A one type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, these dropped on the Twitter feed yesterday, Monday? I think it was Monday when I was sitting there with, um, you know, just looking on Twitter. And I see a link pop up from Retro 51. Hey, mission to Mars. I was like, oh, this looks sweet. And I retweeted it. Right after that, some of the pin stores started retweeting for their pre-orders. I mean, tweeting for their pre-orders, and I retweeted a couple of those. About five minutes later, I start getting seeing sold-out tweets. I'm like, what? I was like, okay, I was, you know, not, like, mashing buttons as fast as I could to order it, but, you know, I wanted to order one. There were 730 made, and... Once I saw like the first, I think it was Gold Spot, they said, hey, pre-order. And then I think exactly five minutes later, hey, sold out. I was like, whoa, I better go mash some buttons. So I did. I went and ordered one from our good friends at Pin Chalet, which also have it gone now. So we're back to like, is it already gone? How does this work? Like I'm... Retro 51 sells out of pens all the time. Like, that's pretty much their goal. You know, limited edition, frequent releases, sell them out yep. in a quick fashion. I don't recall one going this fast. Um, do you? No, this seemed... 
I was able to see it in my timeline and wasn't able to buy it within this within a couple mm-hmm. of hours. And that is not how these things usually go. Like they usually sum somewhere. I didn't find any of yeah. them, uh, but I do know that Brad Brad was looking out for me. He he's got a hookup well, for me. But yeah. So what's you? Yeah, you replied like two hours later. <laughs> you were like, "Wait, what?" They got all <laughs> gone. gone. All gone everywhere. <laughs> but I'm sure maybe some people. So I think some vendors did pre-order. Some will probably do release once they get them in. But I think this window is minuscule to order them, which always causes a problem. And you know, but what are you going to do? It's uh, it's one of those things I love. One of those things you love. One of our uh, podcast favorite pins. And then when they combine it with something as cool as this, I mean, we can't help just kind of fawn over it and you know i i can't wait to get it but uh it definitely definitely went fast so we'll see i'll i'll think about um coming through for you i'll think about it thank you uh you got a (laughs) new notebook i wanted to bring this up because i find i'm been finding this notebook very interesting it's the blackwing summit notebook so blackwing had launched notebooks hardcover notebooks last year sometime i think and they're nice they're fine great notebooks you know solid you know can't say anything bad about them great notebooks just do i need you know a regular black notebook or or whatever they were offering then they added a couple of size ranges they did the standard a5 ish size then they did a smaller one and then they did a larger one well i was super interested in the large one once I saw it came in a white cover. I don't know if that one launched in the beginning or not. I didn't go back and check, but I remember there was a black one. Well, they came out with this white one that's really pretty. It's called the Pearl Summit. Um, and I just kind of had to order one. Now, white notebooks in general are a bad idea because of how we use notebooks, right? They're usually, if they're not sitting at a desk, they're going to get beat up. Which is cool. Like, that's part of the gig, right? You buy these things, they get that wabi-sabi look, and you like them. White's a little bit of a special case because it gets more grimy and dirty. But I didn't care, (laughs) especially once I got it in. I I ordered it going, oh, this looks really cool. Let me see if I like the paper. But then I got it in. I was like, whoa, this white cover is awesome. And what it's awesome for is stickers, Mike. So you got to be all over this thing. It's like that soft, it's a hard bound-ish. Like it's not a firm, firm cover. It's got some flex in it, but it's not like super firm cover. It's somewhere in between a soft bound and a hard bound. It's got that feel of like the Pano book cover, that whatever you want to call that soft leathery, I don't know, faux leather. I don't know what it is. It feels real nice. The size is weird. Seven and a half by 10 inches is a really nice size to write in, but it's not going to fit anything except, you know, your backpack. You know, it's not going to fit any um, notebook cases or anything like that, unless you can get something custom made, which I'm sure you can, or if Blackwing's going to make something. But I'm just covering mine with stickers, and (laughs) I've had more fun doing that than writing in the notebook so far. But I wanted to try it out because as much as I'm using my hobo cousin, I need another, I need lots of things on my desk to just write notes in and write reviews in. So I usually use the Notco A5 spiral pad. That's like my desk pad. And then I've added this one in to do some more reviews in. Um, Because I wanted to, I also wanted to review it, see how the paper was. The paper's average. Like if I had to 
give it a comparison, I'd say it's close to the Leutsch term, but worse for fountain pens. Okay. Like it's a, it's a little feathery. Like I don't get any feathering in Leutsch term, but it has that feel and look, but I used a fine steel German nib and Sailor Epinard ink for my first review. And at first glance, you can't really see the feathering. But if you look at the edge of the lettering, you can see it a little bit. So you can kind of tell it's there. Like with a Leutsch term, you can't really tell it's there. It's not a coated paper like Rhodia or Tomoe. So it dries quickly. It's really nice. It's just a kind of a fun notebook I wanted to have laying around. So I wanted to bring that up because it's it's an interesting size. It's bigger than A5, but it's not like some of the really huge A4 stuff that, you know, you can really take up some desk space in. Um, soft cover, fair price, good quality paper. It's something I think, I'll, you know, I'll probably use and uh, I'll keep putting stickers on it too. So did you ever kind of settle on a notebook? I was going to ask you this later, but are you, did we, I know we've talked about like what we're doing and what we're going to use for this year, but you kind of settled on just like the pocket notebooks for what you're using on a daily basis. Well, I'm not using anything on on a, on a daily kind of not journaling using, basis yet. Right, um, right. The, so, what's on the, your desk right now? Pano book. Yeah, that's what I yeah, thought. That's what I use every day to take my show notes with. Right, like and um, probably will forever. I mean, well, it's kind of perfect time, but it's. I w- I think someone's going to be hard pressed to make something better to fulfill what I need, which is a notebook that sits underneath my keyboard. Right, like it's. Yep kind of perfect for that so i probably will stick with this um for the foreseeable future uh, okay. in regards to a daily notebook no i've not not only have i not got an, an idea i haven't really put a ton of thought more into it honestly okay because well, i don't that, I mean, really I know fair. what i want which is the problem and or what i want to use it for i just know i want to do it so I'm right. I'm struggling with it, honestly. What yeah. I want, what what I think I want, is something that I can, that can be like travelable. What a terrible word, travelable. <laughs> I don't I don't know what I, what the actual phrase I should be using in for this would be. Mm. But so like, let's go with portable. Portable. There you go. I like travelable though. Uh, travelable is better. And so you know, I mean, because all of these, every problem can be solved by the new thing that you need. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, as I said before, something like traveler's notebook sized uh, in your seed case for that. Yeah, I think is it's the only thing in my mind right now which makes sense like as a how will i use this on a daily basis well like mm-hmm. this little self-contained unit that is that right like it is the place where right. i know i'm going to be writing something every day it has the tool in it already you know like it, there's just something about that which feels nice to me uh which is the same reason that you probably are making the thing because like there is yeah this niceness to this overall little package so i'm i'm waiting for something like that to strike in my mind yeah. It's sorry I keep bringing this up, but I think it's because maybe you haven't decided on anything. I keep having this idea in my head on what's Mike using. <laughs> and I forget, like, it's the pano book on the desk and then maybe something else if it kind of works out. So yeah. I know I keep bringing that up. No, no, it's, it's, it's good. Because it's it's a good thing to discuss uh, yeah. because I'm sure many people can sympathize with my indecision. Sure. I'm right there with you. 
except I'm, I might have found the thing, and we'll we'll talk about that in a little mm. bit. Mm. I did find it. I did find another thing though, Mike, and that's the that's the Mandarin Orange Brass Town. We launched at Knock. I, I got to pimp this out because the color is amazing. They are heading out to retailers as we speak. We shipped a batch yesterday. We shipped the rest of them today. All your favorite retailers should be getting the Brass Town. This week or next week, we'll have them on our site next week. And the Sinclair matching color, Mandarin and Steel Sinclair in about two to three weeks, maybe. Something like that. Have you ever made a case with this color, this exact color? The exact outside, yes. The inside, no. Right, okay. But it's a very traditional, something we would have done like from the very beginning. Like it's a very classic knock case. Yeah, I like this colorway. It's like construction is what yeah. I think when I look at it, you know? It's like safety. Like, I like it. It's kind of like a right. cool cool mix. What I told Jeff is this one looks so good, it's probably like the next Raven Aqua. Like, the Raven Aqua colorway we doubled up on because it was so popular. I think this might be the next one. Like, it's just to be like the kind of a really stock type color. color. Like, this is a... It's kind of a throwback because we've used the exterior before, but the interior, we always did bright ones. We did a dark interior this time, and I think it, it came out better than I even expected. So very happy with that. On a side semi-related note to this, I got an email from one of the Panatic members this week. They said, hey, have you seen this Yenderings pin case? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, I just bought one, and it's really great. So I looked them up. It's a uh, Canadian brand that's doing hand-stitched fabric and leather pin cases. They just have two designs right now, but they're really nice. So I wanted to throw... more like wraps than cases, right? Yeah, okay, yes. I think it's fair to call it a wrap. But the the Toronto is the wrap or the roll. It's a six-pin roll. And what they did that was very smart is split up the roll have a gap in three and three. So it's basically three pin slots, solid gap, three pin slots to help it fold and roll better. Mm. So I thought that was a good job. When you have that flap over the top of the pins, it gets bulky. I don't know. It looks like they, they designed it really well. I like the the fabrics they use and the accents and highlights they use. And then the one called the London actually looks like it holds a notebook on top of the wrap. Oh, I'm sorry. It's more of a, like a full 12 pin wrap. It's just kind of really large. They use yeah, custom fabrics can, and some really. You can neat throw stuff. a notebook in there as well. Like it's got these mm-hmm. two little over like hook things you can slide yeah. a notebook cover into. It they, looks these like look really A5-ish. functional. Like the most functional pen wraps that I've ever seen. Right. Because like, I still think about. I mean, they even call the 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 London a wrap. Like they they totally look yeah. like pen wraps to me. Even in just like style, right? That it's like you have this like a like a string that you tie around the front of it, right? Like they're very nice looking, but I like mm-hmm. that they that they're functional. It looks like that it's it seems like that they maybe have a few different options for it because there seems to be a lot going on. Like the London also has like a little zip pocket in it, right? Like it, this is like a whole little system going on over here. It's very cool looking. Yeah, it's a big honking case mm-hmm. and the fabrics are really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking the way these look and we'll, I'll probably, or at least I hope to see some at uh, Pinchos this year and see, but they're uh, made made in Canada. So we'll, we'll see if, um, you know, I... I came close to ordering one yesterday. I couldn't quite decide 
on what I wanted, but I'll probably end up getting one one of these days. Very nice to see um, some new new manufacturer like that out there. It's very cool. Now, this one slipped under my radar last week, Mike. I had it jotted down, then forgot to put it in the show notes, but I'm glad I waited because now it's officially open. Did you know there is a Lamy Boutique now in San Francisco? I didn't even know that Lamy Boutiques were a thing. <laughs> Do they not have any in London? I honestly thought they might have had some. I don't think so. I mean, because Lamy is so well represented in yeah, stationary stores. Yeah, regular high street stores. It would surprise me. I'm going to look it up now, but... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, maybe they I don't. Doubt it. So this is interesting for a couple of things. Couple no, it of doesn't reasons. look like they do. When in searching that, it just brings up all of the stores that sell Lamy. So, gotcha, gotcha. So I find it interesting because number one, they Lamy as a brand had a negative outlook for the United States market, at least in my opinion, by by their actions. They, I don't know that they come out and said said that, but they basically took away the United States market extra fine nibs because they sell more in Asia. I was like, well, I mean, that doesn't seem right. And they, they switched up distributorship and they'd done some weird things recently. So to see like a boutique pop up would, seems to be kind of against what they were doing. But if you're going to put it anywhere, I mean, there's two places. It's San Francisco or New York. So it kind of makes sense. And Lamy's style... And aesthetic is perfect for a small boutique like this. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes. The I couldn't find any official documents or articles. Like I looked in the San Francisco Chronicle, I looked on Lamy press releases. I couldn't find anything. But there's an article on the Fountain Pen Network where someone went to the opening and took a bunch of pictures. I mean, and it's Lamy's perfect for this small boutique, right? I mean, the way their design is, don't you think? I think it looks beautiful. Oh, they look great. Like the showing all the colors and stuff. They've done a great job. Mm-hmm. I think it looks very nice. So I'm interested to see if this sticks. I'm interested to see if they bring another one. I can't imagine this is going to be a widespread thing. It might be a one-off or two-off type of thing. I'm certainly glad to see it anytime any brand or store opens in our, um, you know, in our realm, I think is pretty awesome. So I w- we'll keep an eye on this and, you know, when you when you go to San Francisco the next time you'll have to make a trip over and and take some pictures but uh, you know you can also get everything for that online pretty easily as well so maybe we'll we'll see what they do so I'm excited about it uh, I think it's good for the market and we'll see what happens from there. All right, should we take a break? We should. All right, today's show is because I have to... a commesh- confessions Uh-oh. to make. Confessions. He's jumping in. He's got some important stuff to talk about. Well, we're going to get to that after we talk about Squarespace. Use the offer code INC at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first purchase at Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create the website that you want to make for your next idea. Or maybe you have a website somewhere else and you're unhappy with with the way it's working or you're fed up of trying to manage it on your own and have to take care of patches and upgrades and all that kind of stuff. Squarespace will take care of all of that stuff for you. They're an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install. There are no patches or upgrades to worry about. Squarespace have got it all covered for you. And they even let you grab a unique domain name so you can give your website the brand that it deserves. Award-winning templates, which you can customize and make super beautiful, and so much more. If you need any help, they have 24-7 customer support. If you want to add an online store to your site, you can do it, and you can take payments and everything. They integrate with Stripe. It's a wonderful system. 
No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace have the tools for you. Whether it's a blog, a portfolio, site for your business, site for your restaurant, site for your band, they've got it all. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial today with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com. Then, when you decide to sign up, use the offer code INC at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of the Pan Addict and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So my next Squarespace website should be stationary confessional so that'll be the title of it so i can confess to all the mistakes i've made in my stationary commitments including my first missed day in my hobonichi cousin which is a huge letdown for someone trying to integrate this into every day of their life but i made up for it but this is getting into the planning and journaling types, daily journaling type stuff where sometimes you're going to miss and I got to figure out how to handle that appropriately. So yesterday was a crazy day for me, like right from the jump, you know, get up six o'clock, get the kids ready for school, take them to school, drive to Atlanta, work at knock for a few hours, get everything done grab lunch, drive back, pick up the kids from school, take them home, get a shower, head back to the school for a spelling bee. And like I was gone all day until pretty much about seven o'clock at night. So at no point did I have any time to write anything down, much less in my Hobonichi cousin. So that was like weighing on me last night is like, I've got a blank page and I've been gone all day and I'm going to miss this day. Like, I'm tired. I don't feel like writing in it. So I skipped it until this morning. And it was weighing on me so much. I was like, I went in and filled it back in. And I was like, you know what? Yesterday, I was so busy. Let's just write all the busy down. So I wrote down my my schedule yesterday, like what I did. You know, they have the little time um, column on the left. So I just like went down on that day and wrote down all the things I did Basically, my excuses for not writing in my cousin, I wrote in my cousin. So I felt pretty good about that. In the end, I kept, you know, my pen of the day going on. You know, I wrote my little pen review, drew my little pen in there. Yesterday was the the shown pen I've used. So I've done nine days in my Techo. I've used a different pen for each day and draw, write a little review, draw the pen at the end of that. I'll take a picture of that. Um, I did one. There's one on my Instagram right now from like the first day I did it, I think. And, you know, I wrote my song of the day in there and like I felt pretty good about it. But it's a slippery slope, right? If you start missing days and having to catch up on subsequent days, you're going to find yourself in a bad spot, right? Like it's going to it's going to go south quickly. So I actually had guilt and wanted to write in here, which I felt pretty good about, like I committed to this and I want to keep it going. So I made it happen. Even though I technically didn't write in it yesterday, I got yesterday's page, you know, down with some information. It doesn't have to be a full page. It could just be a few things. And, you know, got my pen review in and uh, I feel pretty good about it in the end. But I do understand how slippery that slope is once you start mentioning two or three days and try to catch up on that. Mm. That's what would get me on the techo, right? It would be like, well, I skipped these days and 
you know, well, just do I start on a random Wednesday and pick it back up again? Well, of course you do, but you're always hesitant to. Um, the other thing I found was the weekend. So I wasn't quite as sure what to write on the weekend days, and I'm not going to take them as like seriously as I take Monday through Friday, but I'm going to write things down, you know, every Every weekend, maybe I do like a, a weekly recap on Saturday and a weekly planning on Sunday. I haven't totally figured them out, but they did get their own pen reviews. They got a bunch of notes that I wrote in there and just more. They got more life stuff in there, like what we did this weekend, things like that. Whereas the weekday stuff talks more about like stationary stuff and, you know, work stuff and panatic stuff and blog stuff, things like that. So do you feel like you're having to force it? Not yet, no. Okay. But yesterday, I, I panicked a little bit. Like, I've got to make myself go do this. But the thing is, I wanted to, right? I didn't feel forced to do it because I wanted to do it. I just couldn't find time yesterday. So I circled back this morning. So, you know, I, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll miss days at some point. It's just going to happen. So I just want to not get bogged down in doing that and just pick right back up and keep going. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, I feel really good about it. Um, so on that note, there was a link that was shared by our good friend Chad Doan at Doan Paper. Mm-hmm. He was in the seven journals for keeping tabs on 2018 on cool material, which they all, they've always been into stationary. Uh, pretty much. So we're going to put this link in the show notes. They have a, they do a good job of staying on top of things like what's current. Like this was a really good list, like the word notebook standard memorandum, which I tried once that is just way too small for me to write down on any of those little, little dates um, that they have in there, but it's beautiful. And John Contino does the covers and he's awesome. Um, then they had the Doan Paper Utility Notebook, which is just a basic notebook. They had the Write Notepads Pocket Ledger, which is just a fantastic. I got to get one of these black cover ones. I really like their Pocket Ledger. They had the Baron Fig Vanguard, which is probably their single best product, the soft cover notebook. That and the Confident are like the top two products that they have. Uh, the Vanguard being the smaller, softer, pocketable one. The only one I didn't think was a great addition to this list was the right in the rain pocket which that's an awesome notebook but i wouldn't recommend anyone doing their yearly planning no, you, you, you put that <laughs> in, in your swimming book. bag or in the shower yeah. that's all it's for like you yeah. don't sit and use that thing every day yeah and then the Leuchtturm white lines combo which i've seen i haven't bought that one yet i don't really have any interest in buying that one. It's Leuchtturm with the white lines and there's an app and digitizing and, and things like that. Maybe it's something to play with around with. Then the last one was the Moleskine uh, Cahier Journal, which I wouldn't recommend those at all. Those are small. I'd get, you know, field notes, write notepads, story supply. I'd get 800 things before I bought that one. But overall, this was a pretty good list um, from, uh, from Cool Material. I just wanted to point that out. If anyone's still looking for any journals to use for the upcoming year. Yeah, uh, Adina wanted a planner. Um, oh, okay. Like a new weekly uh, planner dealio. And I went with uh, Lodgetown 1917's weekly planner. Uh, oh, cool. I figured that might be a good option for her. She, I, I bought that one last year that was that Kickstarter project from the, I think it's a lady in Australia who makes them. 
um, yeah, I, what are they called? It's like plants. Yeah, like, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'll find it. I know what you're talking notes, about. Yeah. Right. Um, she liked that book, but found it to be too big. It's, it is like an obs- like a peculiar square size. Like it's it's rather large. Um, so we were kind of looking through some stuff and I was like, well, this is a more standard size. It's an A5 size. So she's going to try that out for a bit. Cool. Cool. I'll be interested. Uh, we'll have to get some feedback and, and see if it sticks. If it's got some stick to itiveness. Mm-hmm. All right. So I wanted to go back to a topic that we have discussed primarily um, around what you were using at some point last year, you were a heavy Rotring 600 user, and that got me to thinking: Were you still using that pencil? You like you were on a hardcore kick. That was the only thing you were using for a while, right? Am I? I'm. I'm not misremembering that, am I? No, that was that was correct. Yeah, and has that kick continued? Um, no. I mean, I don't use it every mm-hmm. day, uh, but I, I do use it quite frequently. Uh, yeah. And it is, if I was ever going to use a pencil, I go for the Rotring 600 because I think it's the best one. Yeah, and I I don't argue with that, but I've gotten into this whole Kickstarter <laughs> mechanical pencil world, the, you know, custom makers, machined pencil bodies, and I've I've got a couple new ones here. One is the Urban Survival Gear, Gear TI Scribe pencil, which uh, Kelvin at Urban Survival Gear makes some really cool quality stuff. And this is a nice titanium barreled pen that I, I supported on Kickstarter. And I like it. It's got a nice build. It's not really, you know, you know Rotring 600-ish, but it's comfortable. It feels good. It's got a good clicking mechanism that he kind of integrated into the pencil barrel himself so it's got like a schmidt internals but it doesn't use the standard clicking cap mechanism it has a clip click that he designed and it's a fully titanium it's really nice and then i saw mr dudek over at the clicky post reviewed one called the spoke mechanical pencil and i remember seeing these for a while and they didn't really speak to me They've gone through a few different iterations, design iterations. But this latest one, I was like, that's the one. I was like, that's the one I need. So I was actually writing up Mike's review of his Spoke Pencil Model 4 for refill a couple weeks ago. And I just stopped in the middle of it and went and ordered one. So what this pencil is, is... And I didn't even realize it at the time. I was just so fascinated with by how it looked. It's built around the Pentel P-Series mechanical pencil, which is one of the classic mechanical pencil designs ever. Like, if you just do a Google search for Pentel P205 or 207, you'll go, oh, I know that pencil. Like, everyone knows that pencil. But you don't see that in the spoke pencil except in the nose cone and the click mechanism. He's wrapped it. Um, you know, with the different design and different grip section. It's just really cool, really lightweight. It's, this is something I'm going to get a heck of a lot of use out of. And I was wondering what you think of either of these like types of pencils. Would you even consider something over the Rotring 
like the, these two pencils, this not your thing at all. You're good with the rotring and that's it. And then second to that, do you use a Retro 51 pencil? Because those I do not like. So I don't like that's a lot of questions for you. Very much. I don't know why I would use that over a rotring when like they, mm-hmm. they effectively ate the design, right? Like it's, right. it's, it is, is a very, very similar design. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I would want to use that when the, the rotring is superior for me. It's just nicer. It just mm-hmm. feels, I can't explain it. It just feels nicer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm ordering one of these spoke pencils because it looks incredible. <laughs> it looks so are good. You fami- are you familiar with the Pentel P series? Like when I say that, I don't and think if you so. looked it up. Mm-mm. Okay. You, you'd probably know it. It's the pencil I used to steal from my dad's office when I was a kid. Right. That was what they stocked and they still make them. They're still popular in Japan. They do custom barrels and I've gotten a couple of them over the years because they make really neat colors, but the design and shape doesn't change. It's a complete classic and I think these, the spoke one did a really, really good job of wrapping that around. Um, I tend to find myself carrying the the TI scribe a little bit more because it feels, you know, it's that titanium barrel. It feels like I can just throw it in a pocket or a bag and, and, you know, nothing's going to affect this at all. And I have the mechanical pencil with me, but even out of those two, the one pencil I use the most is kind of, uh, I don't know if you even call clutch pencils, mechanical pencils, you know, they have mechanics, but it's just because it opens up and then clutches onto the lead. It's closer to a, a wood case pencil in tip size, right? You use like a 2.0 millimeter lead, but I, the most mechanical type pencil I use is the Karandash fixed pencil. Like it's beautiful. I think, I think you would actually enjoy. Yeah. I think you would enjoy one of those. Um, you know, they're not, they start about 20 bucks. Like the one I got was a limited edition one. I think I paid about 40 bucks for it, but it was worth every penny. And it's probably one of my most carried products all across the board, pen, pencil, paper, anything. It's just one of those pencils I always have with me because it has the little sharpener built into the cap. So you don't have to take anything with you if you need to sharpen it. So anyway, I, you know, we have these dalliances outside of the fountain pen world quite often and mechanical pencils of were one of my first fascinations when I was a kid because you could actually get some really cool stuff you know in the 70s and 80s when you know pens were kind of lame you could get some pretty awesome engineering mechanical pencils right that was super common so I've always had a soft spot for mechanical pencils in my life and these new designs like we see from Urban Survivor Gear or Spoke or anyone else making mechanical pencils are kind of right up my alley, and I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep buying these because I like them. Yeah, this I like this. Uh, I like the fact that it has the little stand, and it. I like that you can customize what you want it to look like. I chose stainless steel grip and black anodized body because I think that's yeah, so I be have very cool. Yeah, so I have stainless and red. It was actually kind of a hard decision because they all look really good. So. There's probably more than one in my future. We'll see. Yep. All right. Should we take a break? We should, because there's more than one Harry's product in my future, Mike. I just placed an order oh, this yeah. morning. Well, look at you. Yeah. It's a new year, so it's time for some changes in our lives. So why not get started using Harry's? Be smarter with your finances. Frequent shavers can save up to $100 a year using Harry's. And why not take care of yourself better as well? Harry's have won countless awards because they make you feel, look, and stay awesome every day. 
Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create Harry's because they were fed up of overpriced razors and they wanted to fix it. They stripped out all the unnecessary features. There's no vibrating handle, there's no heating blades, and they also cut the unnecessary costs, allowing them to deliver one perfect razor at an amazing price. They offer high-quality blades at half the price. You pay just $2 per blade with Harry's. And all of their products are backed with a 100% quality guarantee. So what is in your future, Brad? Underwear, Mike. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> they have boxer shorts. So I went on, I was doing the show notes this morning and you'd already put the sponsors in and I saw Harry's and I remembered I forgot to go order the travel stuff that I needed from Harry. So I said, oh, let me go do this right now. So I went and ordered the travel size shave cream that I, that I get and an extra pack of blades. And then I'm clicking through and I see boxer shorts <laughs> and I was I saw the pattern and I'm like I'm all in so I ordered Harry's underwear Mike <laughs> this is a new one I didn't know about yeah. this I don't yeah. see it on the on the UK website so it must just be a, a US thing but I'm very yeah. pleased that as long as well as having your face smell real good and all that stuff that you love yeah uh, that yeah. you're gonna get some nice boxes out of this too yeah, I have a confession to make, too. I thought their mascot was an elephant, but it's actually a woolly mammoth. Yeah, of course it is, because a woolly mammoth's all I, hairy, right? Well, yeah. I and mean, what I'm elephant just stupid. do you know that I, has tusks? I don't know. I like just, that. An elephant has tusks. You know, they, they like can get that, like, the though? pointy. Well, yeah, I saw them this morning. I know. It was a, it was a confession. See, I'm, this is confessional, Mike. And mm. I confess that I thought it was an elephant until I saw, wow, that elephant on the boxer shorts sure is aggressive looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And I was like, oh, it's a woolly mammoth. You're an idiot. <laughs> so there you go. That's what we found out today over at harrys.com, where you should go as well, because if you go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now, you're going to get Harry's free trial set for free. You just need to cover the shipping. They're so confident that you're going to love their stuff. They're going to give you $13 worth of Harry's gear for free. You just pay the shipping. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now and get started. Uh, thanks to Harry's for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right. We got some good ass TPA this week. First one from Paper Amour. Oh, wow. Did I say that? Did you like how I said that? Yeah. Oh, I would have just said armor, but yeah. Mm. Guilloche. <laughs> that's that's for Robo Gem in the chat room. He knows he knows what's up. All right, so Paper Moore says, I love the nib on my Caveco Lily put, but it's too small for me to write comfortably and requires a significant number of turns to uncap and post. Does the Caveco nib swap and or is there a different body you'd recommend based on those issues? Hashtag ask TPA. So the Lilliput nib does swap into the classic Sport, AL Sport, any of those different models. It's the same size nib, same nib unit, same threading. You just literally unscrew the whole thing out and put it in one of your other Kavecos. It doesn't swap super easily into other pins. Like you could swap it into like a Franklin Kristoff, but that's imagine that's not what you're going. Um going for here but you can get the bigger barreled Kavecos. like i would try the classic or the sport they have about half the amount of thread turns as the lily put does i think um it's still a little bit but it's not quite as many as the lily put it's definitely wider it's essentially a full-size pen when it's uncapped and posted 
you know, the grip sections wide, the barrels wide, the barrels long. It's just pocketable when it's closed. So it's a very traditional writing instrument when the cap is posted. So, and if you like that nib, and Paper Morse sent another tweet saying, I must be one of the lucky ones. I got a good Kaveco nib, so I want to keep the nib going, but try a different barrel. Yes, you can swap that nib into different barrels, which is what I do for all my Kavecos. I have two or three nibs that I know are the best, and I never have more than one Kaveco inked up, so I'll just decide which one I'm going to ink up, move a nib over. It's literally as much as unscrewing the entire nib section right from the front of the pen. I actually had one of my favorite posts I ever did on the pen attic blog. We'll have to go look this up was how to change a Kaveco nib. Cause I didn't know at the time, right? When you're new to fountain pens, all of it's scary. Just popping an ink cartridge in to a pen is scary. I had no idea that the Kaveco um, nibs, you could just unscrew them from the barrel and move them into another one. Um, so yeah, you can, uh, you can swap those around pretty, pretty easily. It's what I do and, uh, it, it should work out well for you. So Kim in 21 on Twitter asks, I seem to recall that the pilot juice refills and the G2 refills are the same. Will either of those work in the ink joy gel pens? I like the barrels on the ink joy, but really want the extra fine tips from the G2 pens and the color selection from the juice. I need to test this out. First, I'm going to have to steal an ink joy from my wife. She hoards them. I buy them for her. And then they vanish. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you where a single one of these are. I don't know if she keeps them in the car, keeps them at work, um, you know, keeps them in her desk, like hidden away from me. I don't, I've probably bought her a dozen in the past couple of months. I don't know where a single one of those are. So I looked for it. Today, before the show, couldn't find one to see if they swapped in. So I will find one this afternoon and get back to you on Twitter and see if that swaps in. Um, it'd be nice if they did. The Inkjoid does a does a very good job. The first Papermate product in years, the Inkjoid gel, that is. The Inkjoid ballpoints are not good. The first iteration of the Inkjoids were not good. So we'll see. Supernat had a panic attack, Mike. She wants to know, is it hard to get shimmer out of a vanishing point? I recently oh. inked mine with, I recently inked mine with G. Herbon Amethyst Lural without thinking. And now I'm terrified. Help. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. Like I've put it in to silly pens. I've done it. So don't feel, feel bad, Supernat. We've all made this mistake, I think. Yeah. And honestly, the vanishing point nib units are pretty easy to clean. I don't know that they're something I would want to leave in there very long because they're very tiny. I don't know what gets stuck in there, but I've never had an issue cleaning normal ink out of there, but it is small. So I wonder a little bit, but I would go, go ahead and kind of, uh, maybe clean that out. It's not going to do any damage or anything like that. And I think the Jerbon inks um, clean out pretty well. You're not going to really have any issue getting it fully clean. But this is one pen that I clean that is almost mandatory aspirator, right? Like get add nasal aspirators to your ink cleaning kit if not if you own a pilot vanishing point. 
because of the way that nib unit's designed. It's hard to flush water in there very forcefully without shoving down like a nasal aspirator in there to really pressure it through. And then it's very easy. So if you don't have one already, get one. So this one's for you, Mike. This is from Ari Thornton. Have you tried the Sailor 1911 Lefty? Any noticeable difference in writing from a regular? So you don't have the 1911, but you got the you got a Lefty grind on your recent bung box pen. And I don't know that we covered that. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. That you had it, but I don't know that we talked about you actually using it, and could you tell a difference as a lefty with that type of grind? I couldn't tell any difference. Okay. The, the grind, I, I don't know if it was like specific for uh, Haki, who I bought it from, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel, any, I don't really feel any difference to it, specifically. Okay. Um, I didn't know the Sailor 1911 lefty existed until DC. Mm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to try it, but the, the that booth at DC is, is just felt way too professional. And I was like <laughs> apprehensive of going over and trying stuff out. It was like way too, they had, you know, they had all the signs and the glass cases and it was just all felt too, too aggressive. Hold that thought. We're going to talk about that next. Okay. Yeah. It was a bit like, uh, I don't, I didn't, you know, and so I just never got around to it because it was never like empty when I wanted it to be. So I've never tried it. Um... Uh, the problem with being left-handed is there are many different types of being left-handed and so i yes i am i raise an eyebrow at a left-handed pen because it's like well how do you write like it, there seems to be a lot more variation in left-handed people than right-handed people about the way that you hold and drag the pen so i don't know i mean i would be more inclined to say to you to like buy a sailor 1911 take it to a show, go to somebody who grinds a pen who's good, show them how you write, and let them do it for you. Yeah. That would be my advice. Wonderful advice. I have one oblique nib for a right-hander, a right-handed oblique nib. I completely enjoy writing with it. If you gave me some kind of blind test with a traditional stub nib that I write with, I'm not going to notice like it's not required by any stretch of the imagination. It's a nice, neat thing. I love this oblique nib that I have, but you know, any it's, I bought it cause I, I love the pen that it came in and it was a good deal. If it didn't have an oblique nib, I still would have bought the pen right and gotten it stubbed or something like that. So it was kind of a nice to have, but it doesn't, completely change your writing or anything like that, I guess is the best way to put it. All right. So you had uh, some intimidation at a pin show and this question from Joe Casabona says, I know you've probably covered this before, but I think I'm going to go to the Philly pin show. Any tips for making the most out of it and not breaking the bank? So Joe I would just a little quick shout out. I'm going to be on Joe's How It's Built podcast here soon. We've already recorded like a month ago. He's starting to roll some out. He had one recently with Mike Rohde that I have queued up and I will be listening to that pretty soon. But Philly Pin Show is without being there, but just hearing from all of my friends who go to that show has to be one of the most newbie friendly shows to go to like the crowd is younger the promoters are younger the promoters you know kind of 
you know, know what's going on in the social media world. And there's always lots of help there. There's always people available to ask questions to. Um, it's very, very neat um, to, to see that at a show. And the tips are pretty standard. You know, I we haven't gone through like our, our pin show, you know, tips before for this year. We've done it in previous shows. I know with Anna on, we've done like, you know, pin show 101 type of stuff. But basically, it boils down to ask before you touch. You know, everyone is very happy to let you hold the pins, you know, take a look at the pins, take a close look at the pins, but ask, say, hey, can I pick this pin up? And take a look at it. And they're sure if you have any question on how to open it, say, hey, is this a twist or a pull? And they'll tell you it's a twist, you know, or whatever, how to get it open. Um, Don't go crazy. Don't go, you know, you know, pressing the pen down on, you know, pages and things like that, you know, right out, right out the gate. But, you know, inquire about the pen. It's everyone's always happy to help, you know, new vendors, old vendors, everyone there, you know, wants to talk about pens. So don't hesitate to ask questions and remember to eat and drink. (laughs) That's one that we always get caught up on. Even attending the show, you kind of get overwhelmed. Even if it's a small show, you get overwhelmed and you lose track of time and hours and realize you've been standing for a while and haven't ate or drank anything. You're going to feel bad in the afternoon. Hmm. Um, That's (laughs) top you know, one or two pieces of information for attending a pin show. If you're, especially if you're going to be there all day Um, and just have fun, like take it all in, right? Don't go with the intention of spending money or I have to get this, go in the door, walk around, take it all in for the first hour or so and just kind of get the lay of the land, feel the show, you know, talk to a few people, you know, check out something, you know, on your wish list that you might, uh, be looking for and just have fun and be sure to talk to people and uh, take a peek at the bar. There are always people hanging around the bar, you know, looking at pens, um, trying things out. So think of it as more of a social event and uh, you'll have a real good time. I think. Couldn't agree more with that. There's lots of little things, you know, you can, you can do and we'll, we'll f- find the link in the show notes to, um, you know, doing uh the the pen show 101 and our friends at the BYOB podcast, I think episode number eight kind of covered there, you know, what to do at a fountain pen show. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, so you can get a listen because Philly's this week, man, I, I'm anxious to see all of the, uh, the Instagram action on that and hear about it in the, uh, the Slack room. So last one this week, Cy Rose, has a really awesome question that I can't answer, but this is for the listeners and I want y'all to bring it in and, you know, get us some answers for this because I know the answer is yes. I'm curious if any pen addict service members have taken a fountain pen and paper combo on a deployment. If so, what did you bring? So let us know, get in touch with me on Twitter. Um, I know a couple of good friends and followers are in the service. I know several of them have been deployed because I've watched them go from here to there many times and continue to um, write with fountain pens. Uh, you know, our, our good friend Austin at Farles Barkley on Instagram, you can follow him. He's uh, one I know that's very, very much into pens and writing and has been all over the world. So, Get in touch with me. 
hello at penaddict.com. Reach out on Twitter. I'd be curious to know what you took, what your loadout was like, because I'm sure you can't bring too much, but can you get in some pen and paper and some stationary goods, uh, especially fountain pens? And what did you bring? I'd love to hear it. All right, if you want to submit a question for the show, just tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. You can do that. They go into a document and we'll pick them out for later episodes. If you want to find the show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 290. Brad is over at penaddict.com and knock.co. He is dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to Squarespace and Harry's for supporting the show. But most of all, thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.